By all means, follow along in the text. There's buttons and footnotes. Welcome to the Political Party Pooper Playbook. And if you thought all we did was sit around thinking up ways to poop on empty suit politicians, well, you'd be half right. This is indeed the P4B. I'm your host, the man with a face for radio and a voice for newsprint, Matt Jordan. Today we're talking about corrupting our kids even more. Making your kid a drone for the state. Oh, this one is a beauty. George Orwell, on his worst acid trip, could never have come up with this one. California... That's the place where stupid shit happens before three-quarters of the rest of the country starts doing the same stupid shit. There's a footnote. Is now requiring kids to be taught what they call media literacy. The framers of this stupid shit want to help your kids develop their, quote, digital citizenship, end quote. I'm speaking of a bill called CAAB873. We'll leave aside the meaninglessness of the quoted terms for now. But what it amounts to is more indoctrination of our children toward the slave mentality the left has been trying so hard to create in the real-world citizens. Like all nonsense laws, the bill and its preamble use all kinds of flowery language to make it more palatable. The average reader might look at it and say, well... That seems rather harmless. The bill almost sounds like it wants to teach kids a sense of skepticism toward what they read online. Almost. But, thanks to the truth poopies, dropped by Assemblymember Mark Berman, Democrat, Menlo Park, we get to see the intent of the bill in the light of day. Quoting Language Magazine, there's a footnote, According to Berman, the law has become a necessity to combat young people's growing reliance on social media and internet platforms as news sources. Despite strict guidelines on harmful content, platforms such as TikTok, Instagram, and X, formerly Twitter, allow users to post freely, often with little distinction between opinion and fact, outside the official profiles from verified news sources, end quote, emphasis mine. Okay, so far I'm still sort of with the idea here, but wouldn't it be more effective just to teach the kids critical thinking skills and real civics based on our laws and the Constitution so they can figure these things out for themselves? The answer is no. Because the paragraph quoted above is not the point of AB873. As a side note, keep in mind that this is a program to be taught in English class. But the state says school teachers may consider using the same indoctrination technique in math and science classes as well. Quote, consider. Here defined as the plug the mobbed up unions got inserted because they absolutely intend to keep the propaganda going throughout the school day. And here's the truth, poopy. 
The article wraps up with a quote from Berman. Quote, As we've seen too often in the last decade, what happens online can have the most terrifying of real-world impacts. From climate denial to vaccine conspiracy theories to the January 6th attack on our nation's capital, the spread of online misinformation has had global and deadly consequences. Emphasis mine again. Having used the term fake news earlier in the article to describe what they are teaching kids under this bill, Berman goes on to define the information they deem, quote, fake. Well, friends and neighbors, what Berman has just announced is that the government of California, with the cooperation of the teachers' unions, there's a footnote, and activist teachers, will be taking the political fight we adults are having day to day and creating little political allies in our children. And the obvious slant presented by Berman says the schools have no intention to be objective or teach real skepticism. There is an extensive list of things normal people are trying to teach our kids while the perpetual adolescents of the left fight us. There is ESG, DEI, the border invasion, real energy solutions, what our actual rights are versus what our kids are being told they are. I could write a book just coming through that list. Maybe there's an idea. But Berman gave us some good ones to chew on. Let's dive in, shall we? Going back to his quote, climate denial. Now there's a little screechy, girly term for you. The use of the term denial is a shitty, lefty contrivance, exploiting the suffering of Jews during the Holocaust. In the last few decades, we've seen the emergence of people who hate Jews claim the Holocaust never happened. They are called Holocaust deniers. It is an emotionally charged term for obvious reasons. In an effort to get people to fall obediently into line with state thinking on climate, anyone who disagrees with the state, and in this case, people like Berman, are tarred with the moral equivalence of people who deny the Holocaust. What a low, despicable tactic that is. But it's nothing new on the left. Remember, it is the people who called our soldiers baby killers in the 60s and early 70s that are running things today. We'll return to those hippie jagoffs in just a bit. Let's stick to the climate thing. Berman states that they intend to teach kids that GWCC, that's Global Warming and Climate Change, propaganda is gospel. Using the, quote, media literacy, end quote, crap as a fig leaf. After a 30-year litany of bogus claims and predictions, none of which have been demonstrated or come to pass, we are told if we do what the pretenders tell us to do, we will throttle our global temperatures by X degrees by the year 20YY. There's a footnote. And yet, if a kid read anywhere, not just online, that GWCC alarmism is a power grab by lefties, he'll be told that the people saying that are <gasps> climate deniers. And that listening to them is tantamount to a sin. And that is what the digital literacy bill is all about. 
They will use it as a propaganda tool. Berman spoke of vaccine conspiracy. Again, the giveaway is in the term. When they first started doling out the jabs, many people, left and right, asked how could they do that without proper testing. This was the first, quote, vaccine conspiracy theory, end quote. Nonsense, we were told. Why would the government give you a vaccine that hadn't been tested? It's an emergency, but we know it is safe. And then we found out, yeah, it wasn't really tested on more than eight or nine people. But to this day, if you point that out, you are still a vaccine conspiracy theorist. I'm just going to call that CT for now. We watched from week one as we, or people we know, got the jab and then got COVID. But if you said that on Facebook or Twitter, you were labeled as a vax CT. We learned factually very soon after that that the vax does not protect you from COVID. But for more than a year, the science dudes in the federal bureaucracy continued to lie about it. They called COVID, quote, a pandemic of the unvaccinated, unquote. This while vaccinated people continued to get it. Shockingly stupid. They finally admitted that the thing doesn't work as claimed. His High Holiness, Cardinal Fauci, told us that if we get the jab, we would not get COVID. And then he said, well, maybe you will. And of course, you do. To this day, if you point all this out, you are a vax conspiracy theorist. And that is what they intend to teach our kids. Because that is the state propaganda line. Kids will be told that if you read vax conspiracy theories online or see any evidence with your own eyes, that is fake news. And you will be media literate if you pretend not to know it. If you haven't done so already, do this today. If you're not enrolled in Amazon Prime, there are a ton of reasons to do so now. The button below goes to a page offering a heavy discount on enrollment right now. There's a footnote. As my periodic book review series develops, many advantages become clear. Whether you have a Kindle-friendly reader or prefer pulp. For the record, I prefer pulp, paperback or hardback. But storage has become a problem in my little house. I resisted the siren call of Prime for far too long. Since joining, I enjoy cost reductions that far outweigh membership every year. And if you're like my daughters-in-law, who have Amazon boxes in front of their house every day, you need Prime. Hit the button, give it a try. There's a free trial. Then there's the quote, January 6th attack on our nation's capital, end quote. There is so much wrong in the phrase, it defies reason on its face. But I'll stick to the basics to avoid a 17-hour podcast today. First, there is the emotional inaccuracy of this commonly used trite. 
Our nation's capital is Washington, D.C. The city was not attacked. The Congressional Building, what we call the Capitol Building, was attacked. That's because there was an angry mob of mouth breathers and provocateurs at several entrances and the Capitol Building was left unprotected. It was left unprotected by Nancy Pelosi, Mitch McConnell, the Mayor of D.C., Mariel Bowser, and the head of the Capitol Police. They conspired to leave it unprotected knowing the dangers, despite the recommendations from Trump and his staff to bring the National Guard in for the occasion. She died of a drug overdose, we're told, from a prescription she'd been taking for 10 years. Uh-huh. Or from suffocation in a mob press at one of the doorways. She might have died from blunt force trauma, as the result of a beating she is seen getting from a female cop while she lay on the ground unconscious. But that hasn't been officially determined. But it is on video. It's worth noting, during the riot, the same people inside the Capitol building called for the National Guard to be brought in. Stupid late. So predictably, with a mix of Trump fanatics, Antifa, they were wearing their faggoty Antifa pajamas. You can't miss them. And some shady characters pushing people into the fray who have never been arrested. We got ourselves a riot. It wasn't the high-octane, car-burning, building-burning, mass-looting stuff we watched for the previous two years across the country. No. It was a face-punching, broomsticks and broken windows kind of thing. Only one person died as a direct result of the rioting. She was shot by a twitchy cop who panicked and shot her. There were two heart attacks and another lady died under questionable circumstances. So, you have a riot in a defined area where only rioters and bystanders died. Then you had an impromptu guided tour around the place hosted by the cops. All of this is bad, I'll grant you. But as indicated by Berman's use as an example, the kids will be taught the government-issued talking points of the event, because any other version is misinformation and harmful. So the cop who killed Ashley Babbitt will never face a courtroom, and the kids will be taught not to question how the lady at the entrance died. Just accept and obey. Speaking against the party line is misinformation. I've been accused by witless lefties of spreading, quote, misinformation because I said the riot cannot be called an insurrection. An insurrection requires a plan, a point. The people fighting at the Capitol were either attacking cops out of anger or in one area fighting back against cops who fired on them before they were even doing anything. But of the lot, you can accurately say they didn't have a clue, much less a plan about taking over the government. It was a riot, and a relatively small one at that. But to just say so, despite the reams of video evidence in support of the statement, is misinformation. Oh, 
Just the word gives you vapors, doesn't it? There is significance in Berman's mention of the riot. Why is it so easy to dupe people into thinking the Capitol riot was so much more than it really was? We saw cops getting M-80s thrown in their faces and federal and local police buildings burning or literally taken and held by rioters. For months, we saw people occupy a section of a city and set up a dipshit kitty version of a government. Insurrection? Sedition? And those other incidents, we saw 36 people die and 1,000 injured. We watched the organized effort supported by people like Kamala the Cocklin Hyena Harris achieve a respectable $2 billion in damage to private and government property. So why was January 6th such an emotional trauma? I'll tell you why. And I've been saying it since January 7th when I coined the term mini-riot. It was because it frightened our leaders Wait, let me catch my breath. Our leaders were frightened. They're not our leaders. They're our employees, elected representatives. From the moment violence started, the newsrooms blossomed with breathless terms like an attack on America. We saw the members of Congress being taken to safe areas like they did three times in the last three years at the White House. But no fuss was made there because the offenders were lefties. Well, what got people so worked up is that the, quote, important people were being frightened and caused to scurry away. Cops aren't important. Police buildings and federal buildings in the cities across the country are not important. Private businesses aren't important. Common citizens aren't worth a hill of beans. If anything, the destruction of property and killing of citizens outside the most holy of holies, the capital, is worthy of support and bail money from government lefties. But attacking the one legitimate target of anger of U.S. citizens, these people are too important to be called to account with the same passion? I don't condone the senseless violence. But Thomas Jefferson might disagree with the assumption in that question. Further afield as an example. At the behest of people, our talking heads were so breathlessly sympathetic for on January 6th, our nation has been overrun by unvetted, often criminal, often diseased foreigners. These people have trampled towns and farms on the border. They have ruined cities across the country. But that's okay, because you and those cities and farms and towns are not important. What's important is Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and pretty buildings in Washington, D.C. Not you. You are to sit down and have no opinion of it all. If you express any dissent, you are a purveyor of misinformation, or you are talking conspiracy theories. I included in the text below the audio line an example of what California AB873 nakedly intends to do to our children. About those two terms I mentioned at the beginning of the post. Media literacy 
means believing all the lefty government-approved information and not believing anything that disagrees with it. This is not conjecture, as demonstrated by Mark Berman's monumentally stupid comments in support of the bill. Children will be taught disagreement with party line is misinformation, disinformation, or conspiracy theories. The term digital citizenship is just an adolescent nonsense term used to dress up the preamble to make it sound legitimate to gullible people. It ranks up there with magic potion and environmental justice. I call for people to fight a lot of things, but in most cases they are related. They are all part of the same monster that is stalking you as we speak. In this case, now is the time to email or snail mail your reps to tell them in no uncertain terms to leave our kids out of our ideological battles. I find slamming them with comments in their social media posts helps a lot. When they feature themselves cutting a ribbon at the gay left-handed orphan school of proctology, Slam them with this. But know with absolute certainty that this ESG, DEI, Global Warming and Climate Change, World Economic Forum and Davos Cult Nonsense, the Border Invasion, the Tranny Fads, are all the efforts of the same people for the same reasons. They are intended to keep you distracted and keep you cowed. When you reject CBDC or smart cities, you will be accused of spreading mis- or disinformation. It's your choice. Fight or obey. There's no middle ground on these things. I've included links for reference at the end of the text. Be sure to use all the buttons at the top and bottom of the text. We live and die by the share and subscribe buttons. Send inquiries to poriverproductions at gmail.com. Thank you very much for joining us today.